listeners, welcome to A Cup of Joe podcast, where we are diving into different perspectives on life, sprinkling some love and appreciation to those around us, and giving you guys a chance to share your thoughts and ideas on the website, www.acupofjoepodcast.com. So sit back, relax, and let me fill up your cup. Ladies and gentlemen, let me first, you know what, happy... February 7th. We are seven days in into February, and I don't know if you all have heard or not, but this is the best month out of the whole entire year because we are celebrating Black History Month, you know? I know that there's a lot of debates. A lot of people say, you know, every month is Black History Month, but listen, this month, I'm going to act extra blickety black <laughs> just to let y'all know uh welcome to a cup of joe i am your girl Giovanni smith but you can call me joe because i feel like we're we're family we're, we're all we've already established this beautiful relationship and you guys i've said it last friday i have a special guest in the building oh my goodness we are going to be talking about great things it's my homegirl revelina berto what up what up people what's good Revelina straight from Florida, Listen, sunny Florida. Sunny Florida, guys. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. I know a lot of my guests have been from Florida, but here we are now. Here, here we, we are. are. Revelina, tell the people about yourself before we hop into the next, you know, before we hop into our first uh, our first episode of February. T- tell us about yourself. What What do we need to know about Revelina? Well, you know, the LinkedIn side of me is oh. that I'm a high school math teacher. Come on. She's educated, everyone. <laughs> high school math teacher, USF graduate, go Bulls. Yes. But if you really know me, you know that I've, um, I came from the fighting family, the Birdo fighting family. I grew up uh, out of Winter Haven, Florida, small town of Winter Haven. And um, I'm Haitian background. My mother and my yes. father are both from Haiti. One time for the Zoe, especially with this being Black History Month. Amen. You can't celebrate Black History without celebrating Haitian history. Come on. It's the core of you the Black History. You got to. You got to. You have to. Um, I grew up the black sheep in my family. If a lot of people know about the Berto family, you know that we are known for, you know, our fitness and being, you know, a pioneer in the sport game mm. and my dad being a pioneer in the UFC game, uh, the MMA world. And um, I was a black sheep. I was the one that wasn't as coordinated as my siblings. I was the out of shape one. I was overweight at a young age. And um, everybody that knows the history of my family know that my dad has a studio in Water Haven, Florida, a martial arts studio. And I was the one that nobody was really uh, looking at because I was the one on the sidelines that was out of shape and that was uncoordinated. So all the attention was on my cousin, my sister, my brother. They were the ones that this was second nature for them, this picking up on the sport. And they shined. They were just really exciting and very entertaining to look at. And, you know, I I admired that about them. It was never a jealousy thing. I Mm. admired them. And I wanted to... uh, work hard like them to become what they what they were and at that time and um i realized that yeah, you know, I'm not as coordinated as them, so I'm going to have to put in a little bit of extra work. And sometimes right. you just have to do that. Sometimes you just have to have to take that bullet and know that, okay, I know that I put in just as much work as them and I'm not as good as them, so I know I have to put in that extra work and just buckle down and just do it. So after practice, I'll go home and practice even harder and even harder. And over time, I eventually became as good as them. And a lot of people are like, whoa, this came out of nowhere. No, it was nights, you know, stretching so I could be as flexible as them and be able to throw high kicks like them right. watching videos learning new techniques so i could just switch it up on them and practice right. like, whoa where did this right. come from <laughs> don't worry about it just right. know i got you <laughs> just in stay it. alert just stay alert stay always alert. be ready because right. you never know you know <laughs> and um yeah so that's that other side of me uh my students are starting to pick up on that side because mm. there's always like one kid this is my third year teaching wow at the high school that i graduated from so it's pretty cool to work with the teachers that's that, that I had and for them to give me some tips and stuff like that it was it's pretty cool but it's like every year it's like one or two kids that know my background because I was also an instructor eventually I got good where I could be an instructor at my dad's gym nice. so some of them I was their instructor so they'd be like I know who you are you used <laughs> to teach me how to choke people out and kick people <laughs> stop the role stop trying to take role like you're a right. teacher I know who you really we are we know your true identity yeah we, like 
like it's a comic book. Like I know your true identity. Right. And um, so it's always like one or two kids that get, uh, let the cat out the bag, and mm. then my kids start googling me, and they're like, "Oh, so you have a double life? Like you you did fighting and stuff like that." So yeah, that pretty is cool. Amazing. My pretty. goodness. Uh, if the people want to know you more, where can they find you on social media or? How can they find you? You know what? I always tell people I'm not hiding from the government, so I use my government name. Right. I don't have no <laughs> funny names, no milk and cookies. Oh, floor. no. I have a student that has that name. Milk and cookies? Milk, and she's the quietest student I have. So it blew my mind that her Instagram was, because I was on my brother's page and he's in high school, I was like, hold up, this is my student that sits in the back. That's, her name is Milk and Cookies? Oh, oh yeah. Wow. This is the page that the mom don't know about. Oh, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, oh, I always tell people it's just my government name, Revelina, R-E-V-E-L-I-N-A, Berto, B-E-R-T-O, on all sites, Facebook and Instagram. Hey, wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm stuck on Milk and Honey. Uh, yeah, milk, milk and Cookies. cookies. <laughs> Let me stop. Uh, she might take that one and run with okay. it. Okay. Yeah. Listen, y'all better stop trying to get a second identity and living your truth. <laughs> living your truth. <laughs> living your truth, please. Because she took the glasses off for wow. the ground. Wow. <laughs> wow. Oh, man. Oh, my goodness. So today we are going to be, every episode this month is going to hit something about uh, black history or um, love, because mm -hmm. I know it's also Valentine's Day. But really, we want to touch on black history. So this topic is about uh, black culture. We're going to be touching on uh, the importance of representation, uh, tokenism, building our own table, uh, the importance of black culture. Um, and we just want to have a very candid honest conversation. I think a lot of people who listen to this podcast uh, would probably say that, yep, <laughs> Joe probably keeps it all the way 100. So, <laughs> uh, And then at the end of our episode, we try to just um, offer one or two solutions for the people, um, how they could make the world a better place. So, whoo, Revelina, I love black people. Oh, man, I love black I people. I love black people. Black yeah. culture is... Beautiful. Uh, it's beautiful. Isn't it? It's amazing. It's black gold. Oh, my goodness. It is amazing. I I, I think even, even now in in this uh, new decade, black people are... They're, we're really thriving out here. We're really thriving. I feel like the reason why we're really thriving is because we are awakened to know what, who we truly are. Oh, because there there was a point because I'm you know I'm just gonna keep it 100. <coughs> Please where do. I I didn't think that we were superior. Not saying superior, but I did not see value in us mm. at one point in my life. Mm. At, at a at a young age, just based off of you know, what was being shown to me on on uh, TV, on the right. news, and when I would go to school, you know, the teachers, how they would make it seem like, you know, the black kids are not as smart. Right. You know? They and can't succeed. They can't succeed. Right. You can't grasp the information like your counterpart right. that is of a different race. Mm. And it wasn't until um, not only being ashamed to be black, but also being ashamed of being Haitian at the Ooh, same time. Wow. And it wasn't until my dad stepped in hmm. because he didn't like that. He didn't. He's he's one guy. If you look at all his pictures of when he traveled to Japan, he will always have a shirt on that says Haiti. He was always the Haitian kid, and he right. was always proud of his culture. Right. And he made different uh, nationalities fall in love with the Haitian culture mm. because he was so proud of it. And he was the one that had to step in. Uh, to, cause he hated to see uh, my brothers and I, you know, hide the fact that we we were Haitian, right, right, and to feel like <laughs> our our race was not as equivalent as another race, um, and the reason why I I I was embarrassed of being Haitian was when I would go to school they would say oh, you look like a Haitian, making it seem like that's a bad thing. Right. You wearing all these colors. You're too bright. <laughs> yes, for the, you know? the colors. All the colors. <laughs> and my mom, she would dress us up like we were going to church for school, oh. you know, because 
I, the first time I went to Haiti, if you go to the schools there, the kids, the the clothes are pressed. Like you have right. to go because they they respect the fact that you're able to um, get an education right. and, and you they, must present yourself well. You have to present yourself well, right. and you have to really really um, value the fact that your parents saved up the money to have you go to school. Mm. So mm. when kids go to school in Haiti, that's something that they value. It's a privilege. Right here, you know, with you know uh, taxpayers dollars paying for us to be able to go to school we we feel like oh this is just we're supposed to be able to right. go to school you know um so we don't we don't value it as much as these mm. other countries value right. it so um my my parents had us go to school looking really really sharp even though at that time we didn't have that much money but moms made sure she washed our clothes by hand and we went to school fresh and then the you know the Haitian lotion with oh, the uh, uh, the Paris lotion. <laughs> so they would pick at me about me just smelling too so strong. strong, so strong, right? Which, my goodness, I, it seemed like we bathed in it. Bathed in it, right? So they would say, "Man, you smell like a Haitian too," because you just smelled so strong. And then my mom would put the lotion on my face, it would burn my skin, oh, gosh. and my face would be so shiny. It's like you're just so shiny and oily, like a Haitian. <laughs> And then she put these bows in my hair, with ribbons, and they all were just different types of all colors. these different colors and stuff. So they always pick at me, and then they would say, "Oh, well, you know, you guys do voodoo. You guys eat cats right. and dogs." All this stuff. So I was, I was more okay with saying that I was Jamaican to hide the fact that I was Haitian because wow. I was getting picked at so much wow. in school about it. And, and what's funny is. Uh, for me to be from Warner Haven, that's where a lot of the Haitians migrated to, wow. is Warner Haven. So it was a lot of Haitians at my school, and we hid the fact that we were Haitian because wow. we were getting picked at so much. And when my dad got wind of that, he was furious. And he had to have a sit down with me and my siblings and let us know about the Haitian history. Because we right. didn't really know much about the Haitian history. Um, we just thought that, you know, same thing about like just being black that, oh, our country is not as uh, uh, as developed as United States. Right. And people always got to donate money to us. And mm. we're sitting down somewhere with <clears throat> flies around us eating porridge. Right. Like, w and it's crazy because we have some of the best cuisine in Haiti. Yeah. But in, in our head, we see these images of, you know, feed the children and stuff right, like that. Right. So we think that that is our culture and we don't even want to visit Africa or Haiti because yeah. we were just always scared. Right. It's like there's zombies, there's this, there's that. So we we wanted to like be like, well, I'm not African, I'm American. You right. can take that title off. I'm just a Black American. Right now we're so proud to be African American. Listen. We want to add that to it. You see, I got my African chain <laughs> right. on right here, yes, just in case African anybody chain. forget where right. I'm from. Right. You know. You know, I, I, and I talked about this a lot. I remember when Black Panther came out. Yeah. And that shook everyone. Mm -hmm. Just the representation, mm -hmm. um, a lot of pride. People were very proud mm -hmm. of who they were. Mm -hmm. Very proud to see an all-black cast. Like yeah. That, and and I, I, first of all, I love Black Panther. I, I've told oh, people man. all the time, I love, love, mm -hmm. love Black Panther, and I cannot wait for Black Panther too. Mm. But I think when that movie came on the scene, it showed um, such, one, it affirm the culture that mm -hmm. we have been so ashamed of yeah. in year, you know years past or um that wasn't valued uh -huh. um and then also the importance of representation yeah um because i think the next like the next year or within that same year for halloween i have never seen so many kids come on dressed up as black panther come on or Okoye or yeah. Shuri, like all these different characters or people and they friends. Yeah. Um, I remember I was trying to get an outfit from Party City. Mm -hmm. I was trying to get the general outfit. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, man, we're, we're sold out. I was like, oh, when's the next one? They're like, yeah, we don't know because we sold out. Wow. I was like, oh, I, I didn't think it was going to be that serious. Because you got to understand the only black superhero that we could be as a female was what? Uh, Storm and Catwoman? Right. That was it. That And, and... 
and two different women. Two, two, two different. Two very different. You got one that's very sexy, See? very, you know, yeah. uh, seductive, seductive in a way. Mm-hmm. And then you got Storm, who's very serious. serious. And she she was um, she was always the one that was highly respected in the yeah. school. So it, it's interesting to see how now uh, in our day and age, how there's so many different superheroes, so, so many, many different walks of life, yeah. different women, black women who yeah. are very proud of where they come from, and they they have they've created this their own table. Yeah, they've created their own voice. Yeah, uh, they created their own seats, and also bring other black women to 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 that space. That's the key right there. It's uh, man, yeah. I I think it's you know I have this conversation with one of my um, <clears throat> one of my homeboys and. He was saying how uh, he was having a he was having a conversation with one of his um, uh, a couple of his employees, and the question was like, "Well, I don't understand. You know, culture is culture. Like, I don't understand why you guys make a big deal out of black culture. Like, we love black people." I'm like, "Oh gosh, <laughs> like that's awkward, a, right?" <laughs> and I felt so awkward for him. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he, you know, he just kept saying, "He's like, yeah, Joe. He's like that tells you they don't understand yeah. black culture. They don't understand the importance of." of what that looks like for someone else and says specifically for a black male yeah. in a world that was not created for me. Yeah. Um and so we we gone on to we gone on to talking about representation, um the importance of representation and then he went on to ask me he's like, "Hey, like do you ever feel like you are used as like the token black person?" Mm. And and he's like, "And do you think it aligns with you being you know, representing something good. He's like, you know, you can be used as a token, but at some point, people there's other black little black boys and girls that are looking at you, looking at you. I was like, ah, uh, I was like, well, I mean, I don't think I do. He's like, man, keep it real. I do think that there there are there are times where I struggle with feeling like a token in yeah. all different spaces, uh-huh. um, different walks. Um, I and I think it's just more so of feeling as. Uh, Feeling sometimes when when I'm in a job or I'm doing something that people are like, oh, let's get the funny black girl mm. or let's get the girl with all the great energy mm-hmm. and let's she'll 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 just deal with it. Yeah, you know, like, she'll carry. She, you know, she'll carry she'll carry the not the burden, but she'll carry the the bulk of the work. The you bulk know? of the work. And it's interesting because I always I always feel like there is some type of un, you know hidden agenda of like, oh yeah, she's educated, mm-hmm. she's well presentable, yeah, and she's black. Everyone, yeah, <laughs> you know, we don't get to see these. We don't, get, yeah, we don't yeah. get to see these type of black people anymore. Yeah. Um, and I think, and also because our society has has shaped our uh, shaped people's views to see as uh, see black people as a threat, mm. uh, black people as criminals, thugs, or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. And the fact that you have well educated people who who are wanting more in life, it's mm-hmm. almost like a shock. Like what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're studying your masters. Your masters. Oh, good, good for you. Yeah. I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know what? Um, I feel like it actually, we started to be shown in a good light before Love and Hip Hop. We were Mm. going on a rise. Mm. Because if you think of, you know, Different World, you got Martin. Think of Gina's Occupation. Oh, yeah. Pam. Oh, yeah. You know, if you think of Parenthood, if you think of all these black sitcoms. Uh, Family Matters. Family Matters. If you look at all their occupations, we were on a rise with people seeing that, hey, black people can do just as well or if not better than other races. Right. And it wasn't until Love and Hip Hop that we took another decline. Oh, man. Yeah, we definitely took another hit. But we're coming back. We're climbing back slowly but surely. But that Love and Hip Hop and Real Housewives uh, reign really hit us heavy. Right. Because now a lot of girls... And, you know, with me being a teacher, I'm seeing them um, at the age of 15 and 16 and seeing their mindset and seeing what's helping mold them right now. Right. And with that being so popular, the love and hip hop, and those are the girls that are always seen on the shade room and stuff like that. With the rise in that, our female girls are, and with the rise of um, city girls. Oh, wow. Our our female girls are looking at, okay. Let me land me a baller. Right. And I could end up on one of these shows. Right, right. I was like, well, who's going to be our RN? Right. Who's 
forget our who's going to be our our doctor, our surgeon, who's going our lawyers. to our lawyers. Um, who's going to be our Condoleezza Rice? Right. You know, who's going to be our Maxine Waters, our Angela Rice? Yes, who's going Waters. to be our um Ava DuVernay? Mm-hmm. Who's going to you know, our Oprah Winfrey? If all these girls want to run in this category. Yeah, it, it's you know? interesting you, you say that because I think when people, you know, people get very sensitive when when the topic or the discussion of, like, city girls loving hip-hop, like, all mm-hmm. these different, you know, Cardi B, all these mm-hmm. different groups. And they're like, oh, y'all, you know, y'all always want to bring them down. I'm like, listen, I respect the hustle. Respect like, the hustle. Like, I respect the hustle. I just, I don't want you to stay there. I yeah. don't want you to stay there. And it's interesting that you brought this up because there was a conversation when Cardi B first hit the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, a lot of people were like, little girls are looking up to you and, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I believe from what I took from it, she's like, you know, that's not my responsibility. That's not like, our responsibility. It's like, it's not my responsibility. Like, I'm, I'm grinding and I'm mm-hmm. doing what I need to do. Do I respect it? You know, do I think like where she's come from? No, like I've read her story. I've, I'm like, yeah, do that. But I think that there's a point where you also have to understand the influence that you're putting out, mm-hmm. um, the effect that you're putting out. Mm-hmm. And I think that it is sad to kind of see, you know, young black women mm-hmm. and also black men who who think that there's a certain type of. Um, of image to attain mm-hmm. to get to hit success. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I, I think that there's, you know, I think there's moments where we need to kind of stop and, and look as a culture, like, okay, how do we remove this stuff? Mm-hmm. And how do we start implementing more mm-hmm. positive images? You know, I think the, the best thing for me, um, the best thing that I, I remember seeing was Tyler Perry. Mm-hmm. He uh, he built his own studio. Yeah, here in, in Atlanta. Here in Atlanta. And I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> we could do that. We, we can do that. We could do that. Uh-huh. You don't have to. You don't have to strive mm-hmm. for like a love of hip hop or city girls. And and if people want, I I, I don't know. I, I think we could just do better. The thing is, is that when you see these girls. Look at their lifestyle. Who wouldn't want that glamorous lifestyle? And then mm. you're constantly being uh, shown on the shade room, like you're every that that popularity that you're given, right. given, you know. But this is how I see it. Just like with the whole Kim Kardashian thing, how mm. everybody was just so upset with you know Kim Kardashian. I'm like, how could you be upset at this girl? Did did you want her to? just work at uh, Dash her whole life and make $50,000 a year? Mm. Or do you, because the tape came out no matter what. Right. Or do you use this attention and your uh, advantage and build a multi-billion dollar uh, foundation Mm. where all your siblings can eat and all, you know? So don't be mad at her. Right. So you, you can't be mad at her. She... I, I would have did the same thing. Do you want me to? The tape came out no matter what. Right. Do you want me to work at Dash, folding clothes, making fifty thousand dollars a year, being someone's assistant to fixing their closet, or do I use this hype and how people are obsessed with image and use this and build a multi-million dollar? My sister became a billionaire because I went this route. Mm. You can't be mad at her. What you need to be mad at is Skechers. Why do you want to sponsor her? Be mad at all these the companies keep that keep up. putting it in your face. Mm. That's who you be mad at. Don't be mad at this girl for g- going to the money. Be mad at these companies for pushing this towards us. So we can't be mad at these people that are on Love and Hip Hop throwing drinks on each other because that's all they know. Right, you know, right. you gotta be you gotta be more upset at these companies for choosing. If you're given, if you got. T- uh, three different people trying to pitch you something Mm. and you got Ava DuVernay that want to pitch you um, when they see us and then you have Oprah that want to pitch you Black Love and then you have uh, Mona Scott that want to pitch pitch you Love and Hip Hop and you choose Love and Hip Hop, don't get mad at the cast because they're just trying to get a check. Be mad at the company for choosing that, Mm. you know? Mm. That's who who we really got to start to 
to look at mm. as they're the ones that actually put this stuff out there. Right, right. You know, be mad at the shade room because they're the ones that put actually put it out, out there. there. Yeah. Because it's not like we don't have amazing, dope black people that are doing positive, Things, dope yeah, stuff. Yeah. It's just that they don't have a platform. Right. Once we start to give them a platform, it starts to drown out all the ratchetness. Right, right. Then we start to look amazing. Right. And that's the one issue with the black community is that we want to show us at our worst too much mm. compared to the other communities. Like, the, the Hispanic communities, they don't want to show themselves at their worst. They want to show you the best of what, what we got. Are, yeah. So then when you think of the Hispanic community, you think of, oh, the richest man in the world came from Mexico mm. at one point. You got Jennifer Lopez. You got Mark Anthony. That's who you think of. I can't think of one ratchet person from the Hispanic community because mm. they don't give us that much ammo no, yeah, to use against them. Yeah. But when you think of the black community, I can give you a list of some ratchetness. Right. <laughs> Man, but if you want me to give you somebody that's in the political world, whoo, give me a second to ask Alexa right. for somebody for <laughs> yes. you. I, I need Alexa help with right. that one. You feel right. me? And I think that's our issue yeah. is that we're not we're not shining a light enough on those people because, mm. you know, with me being a teacher, I have a melting pot of some really amazing, educated black females that want to do amazing things. Mm. And then I got some just girls. I'm like, my goodness, what are we going to do with you when you get out into society? Right. So if I go into these these meetings with the math department, and if all I do is talk about that group of girls, they're going to think that all black females are like, like that. that. Yeah. So you got to shine light on these girls mm. so you can show, okay, there are some amazing people in the black community, and then that becomes our identity when you right. just shine a light on that. Because right. if you think about how what what was um, television at one point when you know I know Bill Cosby did what he did, yeah. but when he had a, a, a strong show. hand in the in the uh, network when he had the Bill Cosby show, he also had the Different World. We had mm. Living Single. Think of those girls and right. their occupation. You had uh, Queen Latifah that worked for what a magazine. She owned a magazine. Owned it. <laughs> flavor was it Flavor? flavor yes, <laughs> it was Flavor, right? I love that show. Man, and the type of guys they wanted wasn't a Stevie J. Right. Every exactly. dude that walked in that house was just a clean cut, nice dude. There was an episode where she was dating Grant Hill. I was like, yes, <laughs> glory to Grant God. Grant Hill. You feel me? Oh, I love it. So I think that's that's what we need. We just need to have that platform. And I really admire the Breakfast Club mm. for opening our eyes to some uh, dope people that we would have never even right. knew about right. if they didn't create that platform where they had the freedom to bring those type of guests on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. So we're going to take a quick break. And then we're going to get into a sprinkle of excellence um, and then add, uh, come back to For the Culture, Black Culture, uh, culture. where we're talking about the importance of re uh, representation, tokenism, and building our own table. Uh, so stay tuned. Hey, it's your girl, Joe. Thank you for listening. If you want to continue the conversations, share your idea and topics, go ahead and check us out on the website, www.acupofjoepodcast.com. Ladies and gentlemen... Happy Black History Month. Um, we, I'm so excited that it's Black History Month. Yes. I'm just so excited. But before we get back into our episode, y'all know what it is. It's a sprinkle of black excellence. Ooh. Hello. Where we are uplifting, highlighting those, not, not just anybody, black people that are doing great things in their lives and community and anywhere else. And listen... I, it's funny that you mentioned living single because that is my black sprinkle of excellence today. The cast of Living Single, and if you guys don't know what Living Single is, it is on Hulu, the all five seasons. It's the hit sitcom. Um, they were debuted in 1993. It was the first time we saw four successful black women living their their life. For five seasons, I felt like I dated these, dated, cried, laughed, with the characters Khadijah, St. Clair, Regine, and Max. Mm. And of course, their two homeboys, Overton and Kyle, while they navigated the single girls' world. It's um, it's amazing. Now, what people don't know is that without Lemon Single, friends could not have hit the scene. Mm. 
because living single came first and they took the same concept of living single and, and made friends. So you're welcome, everyone. So please put your fingers together as if you were sprinkling chocolate sprinkles on your dark chocolate mousse mm. and give it up for that beautiful creation, Living Single. I love that show. Oh man. I love, I could watch that show every, like episodes, episodes, season C, it never gets old for me. It's still relevant today. It's so good. Mm -hmm. Max, hands down my favorite character. Ooh, man, that's a toughie. She, she, it was between her or Khadijah, but Khadijah, Max is my favorite. Because she was just bougie. Her and Whitney, Whitley off of... Uh, yeah, Different World. Oh. Man, they took bougie to a whole nother level. Regine was bougie on Living Single. Yeah, Regine. <laughs> yes. That's the bougie yeah. one with the different wigs, right? Yeah. Okay, yes. She was the oh, bougie one. Oh, she was great. Oh, she was but great. But Maxine, she was... Maxine she was Shaw. feisty. Oh. She had money, but she was very frugal. Wasn't Vi she? Listen, I... And I, you know, <laughs> after seeing this... So I've watched the, the whole series about three times. Uh -huh. And on the third time, I was, like, I was like, this lady never went out. She always was with her girls. If she went out, she went with her group mm -hmm. of friends. She never spent money on never. anything. She ate... Over there. Eight over there. Mm -hmm. I was like, this is true community right here. For real. True community. I was like, thank you, Max. Thank you. Thank you for this she life lesson. She was probably saving up for a mansion she and was. hit him with the deuces. <laughs> she, she was, was. saving up for a mansion. I love it. Yeah. Um. So I would like to do um every every episode of, in February, I want to give a, a fact, a black history fact for mm -hmm. our audience. You know, some people love black history, but they may not know anything about mm -hmm. Black History Month. You know, they may yeah. not know some great pioneer people. Mm -hmm. uh, so I want to uh, highlight our first fact of the month, uh, Althea Gibson, who was the first black woman to compete in Wimbledon mm. in 1951. According to the International Tennis Hall of Fame, she opened doors for black athletes everywhere. She just didn't compete. Her victories are legendary. She went on to win single titles at the U.S. Open and Wimbledon in 1957 and 1958. And the Associated Press named her Female Athlete of the Year uh, this, those same two years in a row. Mm. Um, and as I was looking this up, Serena Williams actually said if it wasn't for her, she would not be where she was at today. So that's your fun fact, y'all. Althea Gibson. You could search her up, Google, get all these. When I Googled her, I went on a whole like deep dive. I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that. She Rebel, was a, right? A, it was great. That was good. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That's I love, awesome. I love black people. Because you think it started with Serena. That's what everyone Everybody thinks yeah. it started with her. And mm -hmm. she said it started with it, it started with and it's not only black female athletes. They said she opened the door for black athletes everywhere. Oh wow. I was like, wow. Whew. Just like people think it started with Denzel when it with the acting. It you know, Sydney Portier. Oh my goodness. You know? I love it. I yeah, love it. Man. I love history. Now history's beautiful. We've been talking about uh black culture representation, tokenism. Um, we touched a little bit about tokenism. Um, I want to talk about what does it look like to build our own table or to have a seat at the table? Um, I know we've heard this phrase plenty of times where people are like, you know, we just want a seat at the table. Well, you know, you need to provide a seat at the table. And now I think people are like, bump this table. We're going to go build our, our own, own table, <laughs> our, our own, own table, our, our own, own dining room, our own house. We'll have our, our own street. Everything. If you talk about Tyler Perry. <laughs> okay. Our, our own land. We're oh. going to just build on the, oh. our, the, own our own land. Mm -hmm. um, and so what does that you know, a lot of people um, have been saying this terminology like, I'm building my own table because I want people to look like me or I want people to have a voice. Um, and I think we fall into this, um, we fall into this, um, this mindset that when we have a seat at the table that we made it. Mm. But sometimes we may have a seat, but we may not have a voice mm. at that same table that, was, that the seat was provided for us. So what does building your own table look like? Well, one thing about having a seat at a table, mm. you can get in a door, but you don't have the freedom to be yourself. That because <laughs> for you to stay at that table, you gotta abide by their rules. That part. That's the part right there. That part. Because they got another token black person to Hello? take your spot if you act up. If you act up, act up, you get snatched you up. Act up, you get snatched up. Right. <laughs> right. 
So um, that's the that's really the main point of creating your own table is so that you have that freedom to um, be creative and be your true self. Mm, yeah. You know, and be that representation that you want to be for your people mm. and be able to go home at night and know that you are transparent and you are yourself for your people. Right. And I see the Breakfast Club as that. Yeah. Because... If you listen to the interviews and some of the things that they say, you're like, wow, they have no filter. None. And the reason they have no filter is because it's their platform. Yeah. If they were under anybody else's umbrella, they would have had a lot of filters. Right, right. And that's the one great thing about um, building your own table. And if you notice the type of guests that they can invite because they created their own table right. and they have that freedom to have those type of guests on there. The type of guests that you will never see on any other platform, any other platform. Any other platform. No. And that's a, that's one of the big things about creating your own table is that you could bring people that you know that are very talented and you know that will be very influential for your community mm. onto the team. Right. Cause there's some people that are, very talented that could take a certain position, but whoever owns that table are like, you know what, I can't control them. Right. Why do you, like, I want to ask, like, why do you think people, I know it's people feel threatened, but mm. why do you, why, why? Why? You would think that if you got, you know, people in the same room, educated, mm -hmm. wanting to make a difference, mm -hmm. why would anyone feel threatened about the black individual that's there that they can't control? Because black history, there's some skeletons that's going to come out the closet. Mm. That's the thing. Because if you, if you watch movies like uh, Rosewood, yeah, it, it's, it's hard to know that, you know, their bloodline did something like that. Right. We're not talking about, like, Johnny, my friend, you're evil because I watch Rosewood. No, your bloodline got it's connected. Got is connected, and the history of your bloodline is not that clean. Right. So some people they don't want to be reminded of what their great great grandfather did, mm. and they know that certain people are not going to let us get past it until we see it. Right. And some people I don't want to even see it. See it, right? You know. Right. So I think that's why there's certain people that are like, you know what? One, I can't control you, and two, you're not gonna let this thing die down until the world knows what really the true history of what right. happened to your people. Right. And I don't want to live that right now. Mm. So I'm gonna go ahead and get somebody that look like you that I can control. Right. That could be a puppet master too. Ooh. Yeah. That's really what it is. They just want control. Control. They, haven't they always? That I mean, truly, yeah. <laughs> That's it. I wish y'all could see our facial expression. Uh, yeah, that's always been the case. Um, I even even now in 2020, it just baffles me that there's stuff that that's just being like said or things that are still being people just like, oh, it's okay, they didn't mean that. I'm like, what? No, they nah, did. They, maybe they meant they meant everything to. and meant some more, but okay. you cut them off. Right. <laughs> Listen, did you hear? Um, this was. The day after Kobe Bryant died. Whoa, which one? The Oh, there was multiple? There's two. There's the lady from the news, which she said, and then there was a guy that said... It was the lady on the news, and she was, she was trying to say the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh-huh. And she said the Los Angeles... Uh, Whoop! Yes. Mm. Call that man the N-word. Yeah. Well, she said she was tr she was trying to say Laker and something else, Knicks, and it mixed and made the N word. Knicks, Knicks, because Knicks, the end of it ends with an X, and the word she said had a good girl. Yes, she a said good a good girl. If I go to a phonics teacher, they're like, "That was a good girl in there." Let's listen to it again. That was a good girl. I didn't hear no K. K and G got two different sounds. Two, di you know. Let's break this down. <laughs> I, I just need to break this down because I don't know what I, I feel like. What they teaching the kids nowadays? Mm -hmm. You you have to break down. You have to sound out mm -hmm. what you're trying to say. No, maybe. K K G. They're two, two completely. Two you can't mix those two up. You can't. You can't. And it was interesting because it got, 
uh, how I saw it was um, another news outlet brought it up, mm-hmm. and then uh, one of my homegirls, uh, one of my best friends, like sent it to me uh, on, on uh, through Instagram that the Shade Room had said something, and of course. Everybody is like, get her fire. Let's go. Blah blah. Let me find out where she lives. Yeah, yeah, Just yeah. like all these things. And um a a lot there's a couple of people like, oh, she just made a mistake. I'm like, really? Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> that doesn't seem like a mistake. That seemed like something that you just natural You naturally talk about talk about type of thing. People like that, I just don't give them my energy. One I don't even know who this woman is. She's not even big enough news anchor person. Right. <laughs> so people like that, I just don't give them my energy. I feel like we give too much energy, energy yep. away to people. Because uh, my brother said this, and I was like, that is just so amazing How you, uh, what you just said. He said, some people dream of being your enemy. Mm. Like, that's their dream. Like, because you're just so great of a person I would love to be your inner uh, your enemy so I could you could spend your energy on me. That means that you saw me. When I become oh, wow. your inner your enemy, that means that you you see me. You you came after me. Yeah. You saw after you, you pursued me. You you, you cuz really a lot of these people are fans of you. Yeah. A lot of the a lot of people say my haters a lot of times your haters are fans of you, so they would love to be your enemy because if they're your enemy, that means that you can see them. Yeah. A lot of people just want to be seen. Right, right. You know? So some sometimes you can't even give them that, you know? And Don't you let know, them be your enemy. It's, right. It's interesting because I think <laughs> when we're talking about black history, you know, a lot of people who say, like, oh, I don't understand black history and all this stuff. I'm like, you know what? I, I like to tell people, I was like, I get it. Mm-hmm. In another lifetime, you wanted to be black or you wanted some type of different cultural experience. Like, Mm -hmm. I understand Mm -hmm. my hair does something different. Yours stays the same. Come on. You know, I get to swag. Yeah. All that drip we got. All this drip we got. And you you just look in the way you look. It's okay. But I I think what they got to understand is that's like someone saying to a Jew, get over it, you know. And you got to understand when it comes to the Jews, they got their reparation. We didn't. Right. That's why it still lingers yeah. with us. And it's still happening. And it's still happening, you it's know? It's still happening in a new decade. In a new some decade. Of these, some of these, like, very, uh, very systematic, uh, traumatizing mm-hmm. situations are still happening, still happening in 2020. And we're still affected by it because... We still live in the country mm-hmm. that was created for us to just be slaves. Yeah, yeah. So systematically, we are still behind. Right. When a black baby is born, they're born with debt to their name. When a white baby is born, they're born with at least $100,000 to their name. Right, right. Based off of just parent a- uh, assets and stuff like that. So just systematically, we're still behind. Right, You yeah. know? And that's that's where that pain is coming from. And they're like, get over it. It's been so many years. You guys have scholarships that only you guys can apply for. You guys have <laughs> black uh, colleges. You guys have this and that. Get over it. And you know what's crazy to me is mm. what a student said to me the other day. And it just, my heart just dropped. She was like, um, I have a teacher buddy that's uh, a white lady, and she always kicks it in my room after school. And I was saying, yeah, I'm about to go to uh, Dallas and Atlanta. And she was like, man, I wish I could travel. I was like, yeah, just budget your money. You could travel too. And a black student said, well, you know, everybody don't have a dad like you that had a business and did all this. You you had an advantage in life, and she didn't. I was like, wait, wait, wait. So you telling me that a black person had an advantage in life over a white person? She was like, yeah. I was like, my father came from another country with nothing That's to it, his yeah. name. Nothing. She she was like, but you still had an advantage. I was like, well, wait, did you not hear me? My father came from another country with nothing to his name. He came to Florida at a time where Florida was very racist. Mm. So you still telling me that she, her father had a, a, a less, uh, my father had more of a vanish than her father? 
She was, he was like, yeah, because your dad, obviously he had the mindset that he could create his own business and stuff like that. I said, but you gotta understand the type of hoops my dad had to right. go through to get to that point. Right. You gotta understand the jobs that he tried to apply for, but based off of his skin color, he could not do it. My dad had to pick oranges and watermelon. Have you ever heard of somebody picking a watermelon? Imagine that? doing eight hours of that. A whole watermelon. A whole watermelon. My mom and my dad. I, ugh. Eight hours. And then. In the sun. In the sun. And you got to understand, even black Americans had more of an advantage than my my Haitian parents because my Haitian parents had to learn the language of the land mm. on top of the racism they had to face mm. living in the South. So not only were they black, they were immigrants right and you still saying that her father had an advantage over i mean my father had an advantage over her father it just blew my mind that as a black female she did not understand that. that yeah yeah and those are the type of conversations people you have to dig deeper you, you, have, you have to have to get to the root of it and help people to understand Stand. because um if you're not educated you can't prepare can't prepare if you're not if you're not prepared you're setting yourself up mm-hmm so these are the conversations people need to, it's not like, oh, we'll have it whenever. No, you yeah. need to have it. I paused everything. Yeah. I had to have that conversation yeah. with her. It's, it's, I feel like, you know, she was spitting on her grandfather, spitting on her brother, spit, spitting on all these black men in her life, her that uncles. paved the way before her. Yeah, to make it seem like you guys didn't go through anything. You right. guys are set equal with the white man. Yeah. So don't say that you had to work harder. Y'all were both in America together at the same right. time. I was like, what? Two different experiences. Two, two different. And the, the my white teacher friend was looking at me like, I can't believe she is trying to just justify what she's saying. And she is trying to make it seem like you you had it easier than me growing up. That is crazy. She was blown away by it. Because it, 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 you know, it makes no sense. Makes I think no I would I would have challenged that as well if I heard it. Yeah. I'm like, what? Girl. <laughs> well, come sit. Let, let yeah. us educate you. Come, come sit. sit. So what what are some solutions from everything that we've talked about? What are some solutions that we could give our listeners? I think the first one I, I think um, that I want to give out is educate yourself. Absolutely. Just don't be spit spitting conversations. Just like educate yourself. Just, educate yourself. Understand the culture. Understand mm-hmm. the the history. Understand what. How does this affect you now in 2020? Mm-hmm. Um, you gotta educate yourself. You have, you to. have to educate yourself. It has to be like water. Like you want to just keep on drinking it. Keep mm-hmm. on keep on drinking. It. You gotta educate yourself. So mm-hmm. I think that's one of like my biggest solution that I could give out to y'all is educate yourself. You have to. What do you think should be another one? A solution to what exactly? To um, how do we navigate Black History Month? How do we navigate Black History? How do we, black, you know, how do we, when you, because we're, even though we have this month, right? Even mm-hmm. though we have this month, and although I am very excited about it, we're all, we still have people who don't see um, Black Haitians as value, mm. valuable. We have people like that. Mm-hmm. We have people who think they're like, oh, this is just another month. Give them this month, and we'll be back in, in March, you know. What are some solutions to tread, you know, Black culture, the importance of representation, um, how to create your own table. Mm-hmm. You know, if somebody's listening to this and they're like, ah, you know, I I feel like I'm a token. What can I, how can I get out of that? Or I don't see representation. How can I see more people who look like me? You know, I want to create a business, mm-hmm. but I just don't think I'm worthy of doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, you, yeah. you, you, you have to have mentors. You have to Ooh. go to, that's the one thing with uh, kids is, you know, they're not really looking for mentors and they're not trying to be interns. Mm. You gotta be an intern. So if you wanna build a table, you need to make sure you have the right supplies. You gotta be so willing you, to be teachable. You have to be teachable. So you wanna have the right supplies. So you want to be an intern. Mm. So you need to go to a successful black business and spend a week with them unpaid. Everybody right. wants to get paid for everything. But knowledge is very, very, that's gold right there. Right, so you right. are getting paid. So I feel like there's no better teacher than hands-on experience. So mm. I'd say go be an intern for a successful black-owned business. Mm. Uh, talk to an uncle that tried to start a business and it didn't work. Because you can right. learn a lot from people that failed right. as well. 
Uh, I feel like we're not having enough conversations with the elderly. Go to mm-hmm. a retirement home and just sit down and talk to them. And they they want to talk to the younger generation. Talk. And the stories they can tell you, you can't find on Google. Yeah. You know? And I feel like that's one thing that we are lacking mm-hmm. in um, just in human race, not just the black race, but just human race, is that a face-to-face interaction. Mm. Everything is just, let's be isolated and be on the internet and get our information. And a lot of times when you get information from the internet, it's surface information. It's not in-depth. It's not primary information. So, you know, my best best lessons was when I sat under my father and just let him go. Mm. Those are my best lessons is when I sat uh, under him, my uncles. So I feel like we need to go and have a conversation with our, our parents uh, that's more than how was your day? Right. You know, get yeah. get some good information out of them. Get, get some get get deep. Get deep with them. Get deep. Go to a retirement home. Go to a successful black business. Go to a a, a black owned bakery. You know, and yeah. just really just talk, dig, dig deep and uh, and just pull information out of them and just soak it up. Be a sponge for a mm. good month. Just mm. be a sponge. Mm. And then use that information and uh, figure out, okay, what is it that I want to do? And use that information to help start up your business. And the whole point of creating your table is so that you can create seats for people that look like you. So make sure that you're looking at people in your community that can do the editing that looks like you. Someone that can... uh, be a, a the designer for the clothing line mm. or you know just find people that look like you that can do every every aspect of that 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 company that that keep it keep it going right and that's you creating the table for uh your people mm. oh man yeah. i love this i love this i love this y'all this conversation does not have to stop here it doesn't stop you know, just because you listen to this episode, if you want to know more, if you want to continue the conversation, hit me up. Hit up Revelina. We are we want to engage. We want to we want to know more. But um, unfortunately, I got to close this episode out because next week we are about to get into love and loyalty. It's Ooh. February 14th, y'all. You know what it is. Valentine's Day. Everybody trying to get booed up and caked up, be all up in love or whatever. So we're going to be talking about that love and loyalty. But y'all, I love you guys. And I'm always ready to fill up y'all cup because I'm your girl, Joe. Peace. Well, my good friends, that is a wrap for me. Stay blessed, not stressed, clean, but don't be mean. I am your girl, Joe. always ready to fill up your cup. Peace.